0: good evening everybody and welcome to point and click radio this is the bi-weekend computer show here on kzyx the place where we answer your computer questions and bring you the latest computer and internet news i'm jim hyde
1: and i'm bob lawton i i checked out the phones before we went on air which um is going to be my new routine from now on since i'm um producing and engineering remotely from the ukiah studio and jim is coming in by zoom although it sounds like you're just 18 inches away from my face Uh,
0: you're only like a few hundred pixels away Pixels away. how are you jim i'm well bob um overworked but well hanging in oh good (laughs) me too
1: yeah things have been nice the weather's been really nice i've actually had time to go out and work in my garden uh, evenings and weekends (laughs) Ah, <laughs> oh, sweet. Although there's yeah. not much evening left these evenings.
0: Well, yeah, evening is like at 4 o'clock.
1: <laughs> yeah, the sun goes down. Uh, it, the sun is actually going down in the 4 o'clock hour. I think it went down at 4.58 this yeah. evening. Speaking of sun going down and the moon coming up, there's a, an astro- astronomical event coming up oh? tomorrow night. It's supposedly the longest partial eclipse of the moon in 680 years.
0: Ooh, i remember that last one and it was I, incredible
1: it was incredible yeah, <laughs> <laughs> yeah. I, I don't remember much else from that lifetime but the moon
0: <laughs> i tried to take a picture of it with my first iphone and it just didn't come out yeah <laughs> that, i know yeah.
1: you needed a longer So, exposure. what do
0: we you know about that one what's the time what like when when um, you be i
1: believe see and all it's stuff? it's um i calculated it and it's eleven eighteen on 11 18 11 18 p.m in the pacific time zone uh I guess um, I saw the announcement, and it was two eighteen a.m. Eastern Standard Time. So two one twelve eleven. It's eleven eighteen on eleven eighteen.
0: Easy Very cool. easy
1: to remember. Go out. That's convenient.
0: Sometimes those, those those bad boys are uh, like you know at like three a.m.
1: Yeah, that'll <laughs> be a convenient one if we can see the sky. That's the that's always yeah.
0: There's the well, there's, there's some talk of rain uh, the next couple of yeah. days too. So maybe not. I'd probably vote for the rain because it also hasn't rained in about 600 years. <laughs> at least, so it seems sometimes. Well,
1: yeah, it does seem so sometimes. Anyway, it would be interesting to see if it is cloudy. Maybe we'll get to see a little um, uh, the moon with a reddish glow on it. But um yeah. apparently yeah. this is yeah. lasting for like four hours or something like that. It's supposedly. Oh. I don't know oh. what I don't know what uh, astrophysics causes the the variation in the in the partial lunar eclipse, but it should be interesting.
0: It's the the partial eclipse begins at as you said eleven eighteen maximum is at one o three. Partial ends at two forty seven a m.
1: Our t- and, local time.
0: And, uh, Pacific. This is our time. This is Pacific time. Okay. Yeah. So one a m. You know. So yeah, between like eleven and uh, and uh, and one a m. Or really, yeah, between midnight and three or so or midnight and two thirty midnight and two it'll be uh it'll be pretty cool get
1: out your get out your telescopes indeed so any tech news this week worth talking about oh yeah (laughs) certainly there is
0: yeah we're a computer show well you had a um you, you brought to my attention an interesting news uh some interesting news from our friends at apple
1: yes the um apple who seems to be getting sued on every corner uh, for their App Store, which some people like to think of as a monopoly and unfair uh, and charges developers too much for their selling their product. But, um, you know, it's not like if you don't like Apple's App Store, you can go out and start one of your own because only Apple's App Store can load – programs onto your uh, portable Apple devices, the iPads, the iPhones, and the iPod Touch. You need yeah. to go to the App Store to get the apps. And, of course, it's got millions and millions of apps on there. Some of the most popular apps around are available in versions for iOS and iPad OS, like Facebook, Google, Waze, Google Maps, you know, music, photo. Applications, everything, just, just more than you could imagine. Schedulers, to-do lists, the list goes on and on and on. But there's also a lot of games that are available and the game developers like to make money off selling you little shiny things in your, (laughs) in your, um, uh, programs that you buy. And Apple takes or has been historically taking 30% cut of the trinkets the games want to sell you. And so even though this is all happening over the App Store platform, a lot of the game companies think you should be able to just go right to the game company and pay them directly. And this is what the big suit between Apple and Epic Games. Epic Games was the um, plaintiff and Apple was the defendant. I don't know. Did you know how that finally wound up or what state that's in right now?
0: I'm not sure where that is right now.
1: Basically, Ep- Epic is... Um, crying foul and wanting apple to you know to not charge them a whole lot of money once uh people download their free app or whatever or however much the app so that the you know the residual income is going directly to the to the game developer rather than having apple as the intermediary and uh our uh our fellow governments across the pond, the EU, have also been entertaining these suits and, and they're a little more aggressive about going directly after the tech companies, sometimes with not so wonderful results, sometimes with great results, like the, uh, what was it, the G, GPRC or whatever it is? The
0: GDPR, the... the General data, Profe- uh, data Protection Regulation.
1: Yeah, yeah, the data protections. The, the fact that you, uh, that every website now tells you it's serving you up cookies if you want them or don't. Is thanks to those European laws that are regulations that were uh, that were made uh, effective a few years ago. But um, the other thing that's closing in on Apple is the right to repair, which is another uh, another movement that has been gaining ground from uh, people that have these new devices. That if you open the device, theoretically, you could go to jail for violating the digital millennium copyright act the dmca right. which says that it's um it's a um violation of copyright uh to break the user agreement that says that everything inside the device is intellectual property which is just not you know if you buy a hammer at the hardware store and the handle breaks you go buy a new handle and 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 put it in, yeah, and right. there's no there's no intellectual property involved, and there and your the right to repair is 100 percent years to do that. But if your iPhone breaks and you go to a third party and get a screen, you might be, actually be in trouble.
0: At the very least, have your warranty voided and things like that. You know, as, as we as we've talked about, you know, um, we're old enough to remember the days when you could open up a TV or a radio or some other electronic device, pull the tubes out, take. Take, take them to a, a nearby Radio Shack or electronics store, or even Test, even
1: was, the dr- local drugstore used to have tube testers.
0: Tube testers, exactly, and be able to buy a new tube, and, and and your TV and radio would be up and running again. You could fix it yourself. If you didn't want to, you could take it to a TV repair place, and they'd do the job for you. But um, of course, with solid state electronics, all that went away, and and you also have un- undoubtedly everyone listening to this show has seen the sticker or the the the, the warning printed on the back of a. Uh, of a modern tv you know no user serviceable parts inside you know to avoid electric shock shock um, of you know do not open Um, and that of course has extended into the digital world where um, it's hard to even find the screws that would allow you to open a, a device like an iMac or a computer monitor or an iPhone or an Android phone and a lot of people have been lobbying for uh, the, what, what has been called the right to repair. The fact that, you know, hey, listen, if I feel like I am technically savvy or I'm just willing to roll the dice and see if I can do it, I should have the right to be able to buy a new battery for my phone or a new hard drive for my computer and replace it my, on my own. And um, a lot of manufacturers, including Apple, were prohibiting that And, um, you know, in part because um, uh, to protect their intellectual property, supposedly, but mostly to be able to uh, uh, to protect that revenue stream of repairs.
1: Oh, yeah. yeah. It even went to the um, um, well, it even went into the realm of agriculture because John Deere started making their tractors with uh, GPS locators and they would you know it's like a, there's a John Deere salesman sitting right alongside the farmer as they're plowing up the field you know right. saying that you know you're it's it's illegal for you to try to repair this you have to use our our subscription repair service or something like that and you can't you know you can't go out and and find a used part to get your tractor running you have to do everything from us and this was this was one of the main things that brought this whole right to repair issue up to the forefront and I guess John Deere got sued and had to back off or there were enough farmers complaining that the uh, lawmakers listened to him and and uh, started changing these regulations that um, that affect this. But Apple now has a um, self-service repair program. Apple, this, this is from
0: your genius bar in your own house. Yes, <laughs> have your be,
1: yes, be your own genius. Apple parts, tools, and manuals starting with iPhone 12 and iPhone 13 available to individual customers. This is from an Apple press release. This is not from the Register or iFixit or uh, any of those other handy news sources we use. This is from Apple themselves. Apple today announced self-service repair, which will allow customers who are comfortable with completing their own repairs access to Apple genuine parts and tools available first for the iPhone 12 and iPhone 13 lineups soon to be followed by Mac computers featuring M1 chips, so it's all the newest and greatest stuff. Self-service repair will be available early next year in the U.S. and expand to additional countries throughout 2022. Customers join more than 5,000 Apple-authorized repair service providers and 2,800 independent repair providers who have access to these parts, tools, and manuals. The initial phase of the program will focus on the most commonly serviced modules, such as the iPhone display, Battery, ooh, battery, yeah, and camera. The ability for additional repairs will be available late next year. So this is great news. Uh, I don't want to continue reading; it goes down into the the gory details. But um, oh, uh, the point is that uh, they are also providing manuals that give you the instructions uh, to ensure that a customer can safely perform a repair. It is important they first review the repair manual. Then a customer will place an order for the Apple genuine parts and tools. So I guess you could probably can download a PDF of the manual, study it and decide if you want to take the leap. So you don't, you know, wind up spending uh, big bucks on a brand new iPhone screen and find out it's going to be harder than you can handle. This is probably going to be great for iFixit also, who sells all the, those tools, you know, the the handy tools that make this. uh,
0: Yeah, there are a lot of people who are not going to want to replace the broken screen in their iPhone themselves or the, the battery that is no longer holding a charge but there's also um people who are willing to do that and able to do that um and so um it's a it's a nice it's a nice new um it's a nice new program um I'm reading here from an arstechnica.com article um, repair Right to repair advocates have been calling this a welcome watershed moment, even though it's easy to read this as an effort to head off legislation or other government intervention, as the Federal Trade Commission under the Biden administration had signaled that addressing right to repair concerns is a current priority. So this is a way, indeed, of, 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 of Apple kind of getting ahead of the curve um, and uh, either... Uh, Hoping to convince the FTC that regulation isn't needed or to be in a good position to um, to um to conform to the legislation um, when it does when and if it does arrive
1: kids start learning how to repair iphones
0: yeah, well exactly hey that's true You're tech savvy kids in the neighborhood you can become um, you can probably become you know battery and screen central for your for your neighborhood
1: you know what <laughs> this is something uh my wife told me about this earlier this week uh, I think it is there's some platform that you put on your smartphones and other portable devices that lets you people in the neighborhood all link up with each other. Is it called yes. Home or
0: Next Next Door? Next Door, yeah, door, Next Door. Uh, yes, controversial. <laughs> it's
1: controversial in some cases, um, but like every coin, it has two sides. Apparently, people are baking bread, saying, "Come and get it, five dollars a loaf." That's cute. And people just show up to your door and, you know, you're selling your bread or whatever your specialty is. You know, if you bake cookies or or repair iPhones or something like that, you know. There
2: you
1: go. (laughs) So it seems like every time one of these um, monopolistic things lands its heavy foot on the backs of society, people are finding new ways to turn it to their advantage and stuff like that. I think that's great. I mean, you don't even have to go outside of your neighborhood if you want to sell your homemade bread or pies or something like that. It's true.
0: It's true. I like I
1: like it. Yeah, I do too the uh, other thing about this apple repair is that earlier this month there was news that people had been securing the apple official parts and using them to repair screens on iphone 13 only to find out that it disabled the uh, built-in face id camera that that recognizes your face and unlocks the phone and it turns out that not only do you have to replace the screen but it has to be done by a uh, authorized apple repair professional because it would connect to apple to authorize the repair digitally so it would it would have some way to link up and and check off the box on the phone that says okay now you can go ahead and use the camera in this new screen and uh, this is this is so onerous that i think that might be one of the things that they smelled coming uh, well
0: happily it's going away and quite just as of today there's an article um, in 9to5mac.com saying that um, as of iOS which is in beta now uh that restriction will be gone so hopefully hopefully enough people complained uh that um and kind of uh you know maybe said hey apple this is not going to really can be consistent with your whole new right to prepare uh strategy um that they are going to uh, they've they've either backpedaled or figured out a way to um in the ios make that uh Make that make make Face ID still work, even if you uh, even if users re, uh, replace the screen themselves.
1: Right, right. Anyway, this is great news for people who want to repair their stuff or have it. <clears throat> you know, it's an hour's drive to the nearest Apple store for any of us. That's that's a terrible yeah. hurdle to uh, to deal with these things. So it makes sense for independent repair people. And um, your next your teenager next door to be able to repair your iPhone screens exactly. for you.
0: Completely, completely.
1: Yeah, yeah, that's true.
0: Now, before we move on, let's give out the phone numbers because we actually have the phones working this time. And if you've got a question or a comment that you want to reach us in the studio for, you can dial 895-2448, 895-2448 to reach us in the studio We've got a few more grab bags, uh, a little grab bag of news items that we will get through the rest of the show. But we also want to make sure that people get a chance to call in if they do. So eight nine five two four four eight to reach us here at the studio.
1: Eight nine five two four four eight. That's the phone number, and the lines are open.
0: And Bob, you uh, mentioned that you were I uh, kind of discovered a new podcast from um, from our pals at the uh, Electronic Frontier Foundation. Um, and I've just been looking at their page, and boy, it's not a new podcast. No, it's, it's,
1: it's been around but, for a year, I think.
0: But it looks good. Um, it's called uh, it's called How to Fix the Internet. And um, well, you mentioned what, what was the uh, what was the the story, that the, the, the episode that you talked about. Oh, the one
1: that caught my eye, and this was mentioned in a, in a newsletter that I get, an email newsletter that I get, that that talks about a lot of these. Uh, in fact, the person that um, publishes the newsletter is uh, associated with the EFF. Um, the current issue of How to Fix the Internet um, with Cindy Cohn and Danny O'Brien of EFF is called What Police Get When They Get Your Phone. And apparently, these these tools that that are able to crack and sniff and scrape and discover what's on what's on uh, smartphones, portable phones, um, are available to police departments, large and small. And apparently, if you hand your phone, if you get stopped uh, for you know a uh, traffic violation or something like that, and they ask to see your phone, they can just invade the privacy of your phone electronically and you won't, you won't be any any the smarter I, didn't, I haven't listened to the episode yet i don't know what all the details are but um you're out of luck if they pull you over for using your phone but if you're not using your phone you just tell them you left it at home
0: you, <laughs> you left know? it at home <laughs> there you go
1: yeah or you were on yeah. your way to the apple store to get a new one.
0: <laughs> Um, I'm looking at the, uh, the the description of this episode, and it says uh, if you get pulled over and a piece, police officer asks for your phone, beware. Local police now have sophisticated tools that can download your location and browsing history, texts, contacts, and photos to keep or share forever. So um, they talk about uh, you know how there should be um, you know what kinds of um, limitations there should be on that sort of thing, but. The point is, as you mentioned, is just uh, say like, yeah, I don't, I don't have my phone. Yeah, I have my phone at home.
1: Um, it, it also seems like there, it's getting harder and harder to to separate the wheat from the chaff to tell the the true uh, beneficial opportunities from ones that are masquerading. But EFF is completely above board. There's nothing, nothing they do that has a uh, a dirty dark side to it.
0: they're a great organization. They are very much on our side as Internet users. Um, They are are the leading nonprofit defending digital privacy, free speech, and innovation, as they say on their... uh
1: Yeah. And um, it was, um, I think, 30 years ago. I can't remember how long they've been around. They may have just celebrated their 30th anniversary. But um, one of the first things they did that we can all be thankful for is um, our government decided that the... Um, software encryption of data was a weapon and considered it to be a weapon. And so it was illegal for anybody to open carry encryption as as you walk around and EFF challenged that. And, and it was, um, I can't, I think the law was made unconstitutional because they argued this is, this is going way back uh, a long time ago in the history of this, uh, Digital evolution, but um, the argument was that code, computer code, any kind of digital language is is a language that is protected by free speech, and so even if it's encryption, one of the earliest uh, PGP, pretty good privacy. Remember that? Sure. Yeah, um, that was one of the things that allowed it to uh, to come into the uh, open, into the wild, into the open, because those laws were changed, challenged, and changed in the courts. Thanks to the diligence of the Electronic Frontier Foundation. Yeah, yeah, indeed. I got a call. All right, I'm going to put it up on the board, and we can welcome our first caller. Hi, you're on the air.
3: Oh, hi. Good evening. Hey, Gentlemen. how are you? Hi. Hi. How are you? This, my name is Lawrence. I'm in Mendocino. Hi, Lawrence. Hi. So I have a PC, and um, my partner did. Something on it. He might have downloaded something. The PC was loaded in such a way it had no password and it had no sign-in. You could go on it at any time. Right. Something happened. Something happened to it. I started it one day and all of a sudden it was asking for a password or I was asking for a PIN number. And if you oh, looked right. at the password, it said call. It left a, a phone. There was a phone number on the screen that you could call, supposedly, to get some information.
0: Yeah. I, do you have
3: any idea what this was? You were hacked.
0: It has been, it has been infected by ransomware. Um, if that's
3: ransomware?
0: There is ransomware on your PC. Uh, okay. And um, you probably don't want to pay the ransom in order to get it back. <laughs> and
3: That's for sure.
0: And reclaiming or, or, or circumventing it is going to require some kind of a antivirus you know software um, that is capable of, dis- of of removing that particular um, uh, uh, that, that particular so um, uh, what I'm for uh, exploit yeah
3: mm-hmm so my PC person at work thinks that they can retrieve some of my data and give me a new computer to work on.
1: Do you have Do you have work data on this computer?
3: Um, I have some, but I've disconnected it on their advice.
1: Okay. First of all, not having a password-protected computer if it's in the privacy of your home. Uh mm-hmm. is not a big deal really. And that had nothing to do with you getting infected. what probably happened is someone opened a link on an email that allowed this um okay. this type of wear to come in. And I've been learning more about this. One of the things that, that these people, these nefarious hackers and things do is they don't always just jump right up in your face. Well maybe the maybe the amateur ones do. They can be very patient about this, and they can uh, put something on your computer that can just sit there incubating for a month before it even goes to work. So it isn't necessary. Mm-hmm. It isn't even necessarily something that happened just when you discovered that that uh, that problem. It, mm-hmm. it could have happened mm-hmm. a month ago, and and mm-hmm. just just been waiting till get the chance to phone home, as they say. You know. I see. Do you have backups? Do you have complete backups of your hard drive?
3: Well, no, but I have backups to the important things that are on the hard drive. I have a, a um, an independent, um, a freestanding storage unit. Oh, perfect. Mm-hmm.
1: Yeah.
0: You should. You mean you mean you have a second hard drive connected to that computer?
1: No. Is it There's a,
3: nothing connected to it?
1: But okay. is it like a network system that backs it up, or is it? No.
3: No. None of the above. It's just at home. It doesn't back up to anything. So what's on it is not that important. So if it's all erased, I don't really care. I can replace it.
1: Yeah, yeah, that's the important thing.
3: Mm-hmm. And I was told to disconnect it immediately in case somebody decides to activate it. And Absolutely. get it my computer. Yeah, that's... And that was the right thing to do.
1: We call that air gapping, where you are no longer connected
3: to the inter- Internet by any, yeah. by any means. Right. Okay. So ransomware, as you think, what's going on?
0: Yeah, if you're seeing, if you're seeing an, uh, a, a message when you turn the computer on that like the mm-hmm. files have been encrypted, and in order to get access to them, call this number, or you need to pay a certain fee or something, Yeah, that is, that's well, I called the number, and
3: there was a child on the other end.
1: <laughs> oh, jeez. <laughs> right then. They are starting young, aren't they? Um, are you able yeah. to see any of the files on your PC, or are you just not even able no. to enter it? No,
3: nothing. All you see is the intro screen. Oh, the other interesting thing, it, it just did not have, you know, um, uh, let's see, who's it it's from? Uh, Microsoft has their own series of screensavers, which didn't used to appear there at all. And all of a sudden, that's what's appearing with password or PIN number is my only option to get in and get rid of that.
1: Well, they do use a PIN for um, authenticating the computer. I've I've, mm-hmm. run, I've run into problems here at the Wack studio, and I've tried to get on the computer and it wanted a pin number,
3: mm-hmm. <laughs> and I didn't. I the person I asked the person who set this up for me, and she said we've never put a pin number and we've never put any kind of a passcode on it.
1: Yeah.
0: Well, yeah, somewhere. You what's what's <laughs> most suspicious
1: is that they want they had a phone number, and that just doesn't but, seem right.
0: Yeah know, um, there are a lot of tutorials on the web for de- for removing ransomware. If you just go to the search engine of your choice and do a search for the for the words ransomware, ransomware, all one word, ransomware mm-hmm. removal, mm-hmm. ransomware okay. removal, you'll get a lot of tutorials there. They're not always easy (laughs) as with as with anything any kind of infection the best solution is not to get infected to begin with um right you could also certainly consider taking your computer to a local um uh, computer repair person and um and, and have them do it um but i think you know the most important thing right now is to not Try to use the computer, um, you know, disconnect it from the Internet. Don't, if you ever used to, you know, connect a a phone to it in order to synchronize it, you know, uh, anything Mm -hmm. like that, um, you know, don't do that. Don't use any USB sticks or anything like that, because those are all potential vectors that could cause the the software to spread. Um, And then the third kind of most dramatic approach, if you... Believe that you have a backup of everything that really matters, um, then you could simply just wipe the hard drive, you know, using Mm -hmm. your your Windows, you know, uh, original uh, disks or whatever you might have to, you know, to uh, initialize the hard drive and just reinstall everything, just restore it to its original or its previous state or a a stable state. Yeah, that's what my
3: PC person at work will do. So, anyways, I won't be spending a million dollars on ransoming nothing. So, I'm why the right with me.
1: No, yeah. I think they struck out. But whatever you so. do, whatever you do, do not click on links in email. Don't ever. I do not click a no, link I know, in an email. I know,
0: yeah, good,
3: good advice. So okay, there's a lot so of other ways.
0: That, there's a lot of other ways that uh, that that you know that oh, yeah. spread you know unscrupulous websites even through ads on websites mm-hmm. sometimes. Um, it's really good once you do get your machine um, up and running to invest in a good piece of antivirus software. Mm-hmm. Um, that will at least um, provide some uh, measure of protection. But, um, and, and, and impression- whatever, whatever I never do
3: that, but then my impression was that uh, on Windows 10, that Microsoft's own system was as good as anything you could get online, except perhaps yeah. in adding a malware piece of software. Right. Is that not correct?
0: It's, it's good, but obviously, as your experience proves, it's not perfect. So, not um, good enough. You know, the, the commercial stuff, or the com- actually the, the, the extra cost stuff, the third-party stuff, the stuff that doesn't come from Microsoft mm-hmm. is generally better. Um, so um, so that's something to worth uh, considering. And whatever you end up doing, call us back and let, you, let us know, kind of, you know, um, uh, how the rest of the story unfolded, because we're always interested well, in okay. things, yeah, okay. and I know our listeners would be, too.
1: Yeah, thanks. For, this okay. is quite a saga. We really want to find out how it winds up. All right. And, it, and also, if you were able to to get actually get back into your computer and salvage anything after after that attack, because maybe they mm-hmm. just locked you out of the computer, and it wasn't a very sophisticated attack.
3: Mm-hmm. Okay, I'll let you know when I find out. Hey, thanks uh, for calling. Like, Bye-bye. Bye-bye.
1: Yeah, there are our first caller, and uh, there's some real life lessons in that, in that example. Yeah. yeah. The reason I said don't ever click on any link in any email is that uh, if you get in the habit of clicking on there's 99.9% of the time, a link in an email is not going to be a problem, especially if it's an email you're familiar with and it looks right. And you can see the sender is the same sender it's always been, like you know your New Yorker magazine email or the New York Times email or whatever. But you have to think twice about clicking on links and emails and just make that a habit because a lot of times you'll get something that almost looks like your bank statement. And it almost says something that your bank might be saying to you. And before you know it, you've clicked on the link to go see what that charge was that they're claiming, and that's it. That's when the trouble starts because that's – when you can launch uh, one of those attacks through a what's called a phishing email, p h i s h i n g. I don't know who yeah. came up with the p h part, but it must it must have been some nerd. Anyway,
0: well, I was the same kid who created the ransomware.
1: Yeah, yeah, exactly. <laughs> anyway, it's just a good habit. I even when I'm at work and I see work related emails coming in i always double check because a lot of times you know there's outside vendors that send things in and you want to read it and then you're in a hurry and you just click on something but stuff gets through the firewall even at work and you just have to be really careful about that it's just not worth cleaning up the mess that results from oops i clicked on a link i shouldn't have exactly Exactly. and we all do it I, i i've fallen for those Uh, You know, I've had to run to the wall and unplug the computer at least one time.
0: In, let's, uh, let's <laughs> yeah. Eight nine five two four four eight. yeah let's do it many Eight nine five two four four eight is our number to reach it here at point and click central if you've got a computer question if you've had an experience with ransomware that maybe ended with a happy ending um give us a buzz we want to hear about your story eight nine five two four four eight. Speaking I want to go, go ahead. Go ahead, Bob.
1: No, please. Well this is a quick a quick warning. I've even heard ads for this company, I believe, on NPR, it's called Aspiration. And this is one of these things where they'll round up your purchase and, and plant trees. And yeah. It's a complete scam. It's this really? you know yeah, this is This is where the whole thing that started back in the subprime mortgage days, you know, from the crash back in 2007, 2008 has kind of trickled down to. Those people didn't go away and they didn't go to jail and they're still coming about all these schemes. Just, just quickly, this, this, um, they, they, um, they have a debit card, um, but they spend 150 times what they make on marketing. So right away, it's just a hollow shell. And they claim that they planted 35 million trees, but those 35 million trees are fictitious. They've actually planted, I believe, 12 million trees, but they're running around claiming they've planted 35 million trees. But those are virtual trees that are in their business plans that they get to write off their taxes now because someday they'll plant them. <laughs> And um, this was in an article on ProPublica by Carson Carson Kessler, and um, it says you you can save the planet with a swipe of your bank card. It's just it's just all marketing. Wow! And apparently they contract out the. Um, planting of trees to third parties and then they recruit celebrities to talk about how great all this is and how you're going to save the planet you're not going to save the planet they're not planting trees it's it's just it's just another marketing scam so busy people like you and me will just say okay that sounds good i'll plant a tree next time i swipe my
2: card
0: Make me feel a little bit better about myself
1: yeah yes yes (laughs) what do they call that uh there's a term for that greenwashing no, well, they are greenwashing, but um, when you have moral—I uh, can't even remember the term now. It's just they come and go so fast; I can't even keep up with all the terms. Windows 11 is out, and it has—it uh, has achieved the crushing, uh, um, um, what do you call it, deployment of 0.21 percent in the market. <laughs> <laughs> this is from... Uh, boy, I haven't checked the register. Do You used you, to you, you go to the register, don't you, the register? Yeah, I was there. A great publication. I haven't checked it in a long time. But apparently Windows XP, which is now probably 20 years old, is lingering at 3.25% in the workplace.
0: That's, that's terrifying. It, it is, is terrifying. Talk about security holes. Yeah,
1: yeah. And Windows 11... Um, uh, and this uh, this uh, as- IT asset management company that polls this, it's called LAN Sweeper, uh, published the results of a ten million survey, ten million, 10 million PC survey, and apparently most of that 021 percent are um, are computers that are in Microsoft facilities. <laughs>
0: Yeah, big companies tend to uh, upgrade operating systems really slowly,
1: very slowly. Never want to
0: make sure that everything works with everything else, and you know they want to look at the 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 security um, potential um, ramifications and all that stuff. And um, and and I think um, you know Windows 11 has only started been has only been shipping for a couple of months, and it's not even necessarily available as a free download for every computer on which it can run um, I've, I've read that Microsoft is kind of rolling out the um, the, the free upgrade over time and um, and then of course it's going to be built on into every new t- new PC so right
1: yeah it'll come with new ones but Microsoft is this is they're rolling it out at a snail's pace over a number of months and keeping an eye on what breaks. <laughs> is that
0: oh, well, that's, that's, that's smart.
1: That does. It does. Yes. Go beta test it on your public. Hey, we got another call coming in. Let's go back All to right. the phones. Hi, caller. You're on the air. Hello. Number of months, I'm keeping an eye on what. Hello. Hi. Hi. You're on the Jamie, air. Jamie, hi. Oh, it's Jamie. Hi, uh, hi Jamie. Yeah,
4: hi. Hi, hey, am I on now?
1: Yes, you are live on point and click radio.
4: Hi. Good to be here. Uh, just a couple of things um, in terms of uh, ma- uh, malware, I-, I avoided it. I think today I got an email from an old friend of mine, you know Sue, and and the 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 uh, subject was or you no know, in the text it said salutations, and then there was a link, and that was it. And it just looked fishy to me. It's just not something that that woman would have done, you know. So I, I uh, you can you know look up the information on the, you know, on, uh, you know when you get a call you can you could you tap on the on the caller's ID and and get look the information, and the address had her name her full name, but it was dot instead of you know, whatever Gmail or whatever it was some weird sema blah 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 dot fr which is probably France I guess yeah so. It went in the trash right away. But anyway, that's one way. You, you know, if you're suspicious, you could um, you could look at the identification of the email address that's sending it and and uh, see see if you see something fishy there. So that's one good way to double check.
1: So the sender said the person's name, right? Just the name, yeah. And you had somebody, to, you from, had, you had somebody to cli-
4: that's in my in my contact list, right? Know.
1: And you had to click so. around to find the actual sender's email, but it wasn't your friend's. Action.
4: Yeah, you know, if you in any email if you go up to the the caller's I can't remember you know, there's a link, you know, you go up to the caller's name at the top of the email and you could click and get and there's an info button and it shows right. you the actual uh, sender's address. Right. And that's So anyway, that's a that's a good, that's a good thing tip. To do. Yeah. Something I there's, there's a common... is that um, I, I did call and last time I called in I you know just gotten a new iPad and was fretting about it and it all worked out pretty well it, it went very smoothly I just did that quick transfer thing you know just kind mm-hmm. of magically sucked the all- contents of my old iPad into the new one. So you that just you, sm-
1: you just put them side by side and let them mate? Yeah, yeah.
4: There's a. Phone, a camera thing you have to do. There's an image that comes up on the screen, right? On, and then you hold your camera, your your new device, over that, and it knows what to do. <laughs> it was pretty trippy. I I uh, love that. As, you know, as I feared. Uh, you know, it went smoothly, but you know, there was one critical app that I use for producing my show, and and it required and for for me to continue using it. I had to get an update on that. And I'm having trouble with that, but, you know, it's just, you know, the way things are these days. So I'm still messing around with that. But um, the but, other thing I wanted to mention... Wait, was wait, that,
1: Jamie, uh, Jamie, I have to ask you quickly. Um, you still have your old iPad, and that's still working the way it was before, right?
4: Yeah, I'm ha- I'm hanging on to it until I resolve all my issues. Yeah, that's the smart yeah. thing. And then I think I w- I'd like to give it away to a school or something. It's not that useful, you, you know, it could be useful. But anyway... The other thing I wanted to mention was you didn't mention when you were talking about Apple today. Um, you know, I, I you know I subscribed to moveon.org, .org and they sent out a notice saying that uh, Donald Trump has been uh, okay to have a uh, an app on Apple after being turned down by Twitter and Facebook and blah blah blah. Uh-huh. They're 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 giving him an app uh, for a social media presence and. That's kind of bizarre and troubling to me, but I wanted to mention that. You know. uh, well, yeah, well,
0: just, oh, and that then, is, um, you know, the the. the let me Trump, just say
4: one uh, more thing because I got to run, and then you could, I'll hang up and you could comment. The other thing I, I wanted to say is that a, a few months ago, you mentioned um, the thing about loading images on an email, you know, and I found the right thing on my old iPad about loading all images but i can't find it on my new ipad i don't can not remember either i can't remember or they moved it i think they changed it this so is when you go,
1: is this when you go to your photos and then you want to embed that into an email
4: no it's when you you get an email you get emails you know from businesses and stuff and you could set it up or used to be able to set it up so that it wouldn't load the photos oh so oh correct oh. you, you wanted to load the photos or do not, not. do and not
1: that, yeah do not load remote content
0: right
4: yes right. yes do you they, want to do that everybody they moved it or they got rid of it on the new operating system I don't know I can't they find it.
0: didn't they didn't they definitely didn't get rid of it um, you poke around in your settings um, on whatever. I guess you're probably using uh, iPad OS 15 um, the, newest, yeah. the newest version um, it's in there it would be in uh, uh, if you
1: go if you go into mail right at the uh, it's almost up at the top yeah um, it says messages, ask before deleting and load remote images. And if you have those switched off, it will delete the messages Under, without nagging you, and it will not load the remote images until you tap on the little link that says load that, remote images.
4: But that's messages. But what about... about no, mail. you said mail, didn't oh, you? mail. That's mail. Oh, in yeah. the mail. Under the settings. Go to mail, settings, settings, go
1: to mail, and then there's a... Um, a uh, feature called load remote images, if, which if it's switched off, will not put the images into the email when, yeah. you, when you read them.
4: Yeah. I, I, I was really enjoying that and I couldn't find it on the new one. So I'll, I'll keep looking. <laughs> yeah. All right. Go back to settings. Anyway, I got, I got to run. I got to show you okay. to get ready for. Her. So uh, anyway, I'm, um those are my points and questions and comments. All right, so good deal.
0: See you later. Jamie Roberts coming back. to you on KZYX in just about uh, 12 minutes from now. Yeah. So we've ta- you know, been talking about security a lot, and um, and I wanted to mention that um, Google is actually switching every Google account over to require two-factor authentication. Um, so if you have a Gmail account um, or you use youtube or the myriad other google services that are pretty much everywhere in our life um, over time you are going to be um, required to use two-factor authentication in order to sign in and this is something we've talked about before on the show it's a really good idea to use two-factor authentication in every website that you use that requires a password um, it is a great way to protect yourself against, um, being hacked if your password is stolen, uh, due to a data breach that is, you know, the fault of the company, your bank or your credit bureau or whatever it might be or Google. Um, and, and as a reminder, the way it works is that when you go to sign on to something, you enter your, 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 your username and your password like you always do. But then there's a second step. That's the second factor and that's, Probably easier to think of it as two-step sign-on, but for some reason, the nerds of the world decided to call it two-factor authentication. Um, but that second step involves then contacting you either through a, um, a, 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 a text message on your phone um, or sometimes a physical security key like a, user, a USB stick. Um, there are other ways to do it where you have to then say basically hey is this really you yes this is really me and then it'll allow you to the uh, allow you into the um, to whatever service you're signing on to
1: yeah this is really good i've seen this uh, increasingly with uh, websites like a bank website you go to the bank that you usually go to with your password username and password and you go to log in and it says oops we don't recognize the computer you're connecting from right so if it's not the one that you always use if you're doing it at a friend's house or your parents house or your kid's house or something like that it knows that it's not the computer you usually log in from and it says we're going to uh contact you either you know by a direct phone call they can call you and tell you the, the the code over the phone um if it's your cell phone or if you're at home at your home phone or they can text you or they can in some cases email you and you get usually like a six or eight digit numerical code that you enter in on the website and it goes okay check you got the message successfully that that means if somebody just steals your identification and password they can't get into your bank account even if they have the right password so that's why the two-factor authentication is good
0: yeah, yeah, probably by the end of the year, uh, Google is saying that 150 million of the uh, of Google account holders will be automatically enrolled in uh two-step verification. Um that's of course a fraction of the number of Google accounts that actually exist out there, but Google has, you know, they already know when you, when you have a Google account, you can often enter your, your cell phone number, for example. Um, they're prioritizing those users who they know have an easy way to turn on, uh, two factor authentication, people who have a smartphone and get, get that verification prompt, for example. So, um, two step. Authentication. If you are a, G- a Gmail user, a YouTube user, or a user of any other big Google service—Google Photos and what have you—it's um, probably coming to a browser near you. Um, and even if it isn't coming to a browser near you, you should turn it on anyway, particularly on sites that um, that deal with really. Uh, important confidential and personal information, like your banking uh, site or your email or things like that. that You'd really be bummed if they got got breached.
1: Yeah, but am I going to have to have two-factor authentication to watch Chuck Berry videos on YouTube?
0: (laughs) (laughs) Come on, man, don't you? They want to make sure that it's really you.
1: (laughs) I want to make sure it's really Chuck Berry.
0: The other reason that makes sense, though, is to turn it around because every user of YouTube can also upload videos. So if your account gets hacked and breached, and someone starts uploading, let's just call it really inappropriate content under your name, that would be a bummer. So that's you know there's always there are always two sides to that privacy coin. It's like yeah I don't really care if you know my my email is you know it's most of my email is really pretty unimportant because it's you know just news about my pets or whatever or e-commerce stuff but every now and then a bank statement comes in and something that's really important so sure hey we had somebody Samson trying to call in h- we had somebody oh, cool. trying
1: to call in and we still have time for another phone call or so if somebody wants to try again sorry we didn't catch that last call
0: 8952448 is the number to call if you want to reach us here at point and click central 8952448 so,
1: is Santa going to be bringing any digital toys this year? do you think
0: <laughs> I don't know. There's so many to choose from. I there's know. an amazing new version of my favorite drone the uh d j i Mavic pro oh, okay. um, do you get a
1: new dro- Do you get a new drone every year? <laughs>
0: No, oh, I got okay. a new one last year, but this one is like, it's really spectacular, but it's like, yeah, you know.
1: Hey, um, Apple has now the newest brand new 2021 IMAX, the 24-inch model, in the refurb store. So you can save about Ooh. $200 on one of those. Let's go back yeah. to the phones. Boy, the board is lighting up. Everybody responded to that. Hi, you're on the air. Hey, um, Apple has now the newest, Hello. Oops, yeah, hi. Oh, good, you got your radio. Uh-huh. Yeah. Your radio down now? Mm-hmm. Yeah. On oh, your computer,
0: you're on the air. Go ahead.
2: Oh, am I on the air? Yeah, you're on the air now. Oh, okay. I just uh, turned on the radio a few minutes ago, or ten minutes ago, yeah. and um, I heard the uh, the word ransomware and and all that, and it rem- reminded me of the the best thing I've ever done in my internet life, um, which is very. Um, not sophisticated is uh, finally take my nerdy friends up on the um, suggestion that I start using Linux. And uh. before that, for for since I began using computers about in the early nineties, um, I would be besieged with um, vicious uh, viruses. Uh, a few times a year and um it was always quite a trial and um frustrating for me because it scares the poo out of you you know when you your screen's just ablaze with this
1: oh yeah you know basically
2: basically put your hands up um you know and give me and give me all your money well now I I had it once since I I moved to Ukiah just recently from Hawaii. Don't ask me why. And um, (laughs) it it happened here. uh, And I just simply uh, shut down and then uh, started up again, and it was gone. But before uh, that, and and I should also say that uh, the two or three uh, nerdy types that would... uh, uh, helped me with my computer, uh, and they did that as a profession also. They didn't dislike Microsoft. They hated it. They all had a virulent hatred of Microsoft. I never understood that, but they really didn't like it. Maybe it's just because of where I lived was very counterculture and, you know, um, don't like whoever's uh, the big guy. But um, I still have Linux years later, Ubuntu. Um and uh no virus protection never any problems and um I'm just a happy camper as far as that goes. Oh that's so good. We, to throw that in.
1: we have heard that uh, if you really want security uh, the best thing to do is switch over to a Linux system. It's true. Mm. We're going to uh, we're going to try mm. to get another call in. Thank you for uh sure. ch- checking in with us. Bye now.
2: Sure, you're welcome. Yeah, bye.
1: Oops, that caller might have hung up. We got time for a qu- quick phone call if anybody wants to call in. And uh, someday I'm going to try Linux on. <laughs> you know, when I have time to sit around and and diddle uh, with things. The thing about Linux is it's um, there's like a million and one varieties of Linux, uh, and they have special uh, versions of Linux that do special things. You can do all kinds of interesting things.
0: And by the way, if you go to the search engine of your choice and do a search for the phrase Linux ransomware. You'll see that it's there. It exists. Yeah. Um, so, you know, it's, don't, don't get the idea that it is a foolproof guarantee to avoid, um, to avoid viruses and ransomware.